Bill is a failed skydiver and a bear sometimes he runs. Ben's always traveling, an occasional beach bum. Phil talks a lot, Ben not at all. It's BHP Town Hall. Random guests, alcohol, BHP Town Hall. Ben created Eye on Off, he's a comic book fanatic. Phil made Pyro CMS, he's probably in a kayak. Phil talks a lot, Ben not at all. It's BHP. I'd like to welcome you to episode 27 of PHP Town Hall. Uh, we've got a lovely lineup for you today. We've got uh, Ben Edmonds uh, out on the West Coast here. Uh, we got Josh Larkhart of uh, Slim and PHP The Right Way fame. He's hailing from North Carolina. Did I get that right, Josh? Yeah, that's right. Yes, Josh is drinking out of a TARDIS today, so that's something we're going to be quizzing that on the uh, after program today. Uh, meanwhile, we also have Phil Sturgeon, still locked out of the United States, uh, but coming in at 1 a.m. in uh, British time. Uh, so he's up with some uh, apple cider for us this evening. Uh, and then yours truly, Jeremy McCullough, reporting live from, uh, I'm just going to say New York, but I'm actually in New Jersey, but don't tell anyone that. Uh, so New York City. Uh, okay, I'll hand it over to Ben and uh, Phil. Thanks for letting me do this introduction. That's all right, professionally done. We haven't had one done that well since uh, Cal Evans was on the show. <laughs> you, two, you two should do a podcast at some point. That's wonderful. <laughs> The internet would explode. You could totally just take this one if you want. We're both tired of doing this. <laughs> it's the last episode. How about we just sign off? And it's really- <laughs> Thanks, You've been great, everybody. That's it. From- you leave it behind now. That's, that's I said, after the, after the show notes that we got back from Jeremy, um, I feel like we should just pipe it through the say command and, and go to the pub. Like I feel like that basically covers it. Yeah, so this time we're actually a little bit more prepared, um, and I've, look, I've actually got um, seven things written on this piece of paper, so uh, I feel like this is going to be an absolute winner. Um, so first of all, guys, thanks for coming on the show. I've been wanting to get both of you on for a while, um, but uh, you were too busy being big shot rock stars or something. I can't remember I have why. A question. Yeah. Why us specifically together? Yeah. I can figure that out. I've never met Josh. I've never seen this guy before. I've seen him online, but that's it. Do you, oh. want, do you want a bullshit answer or do you want the No, what are the, what are the gears going in your head? It was like, I got to get Josh and Jeremy specifically. <laughs> on We're the trying to set you guys up. We felt like you would, you know, really, really bond. You both look kind of Swedish, and we thought that would <laughs> Hey, are you living in Phil's apartment too? I'm actually in Phil's apartment right now. <laughs> Uh, private jokes for, for nobody but us. Um, so no, the actual reason was we tried to get you both on, or we wanted to get you both on, and it never happens. And so we put you together. Magic is going to happen. Efficiency. Yeah. The algorithm. I trust the algorithm. Yep. Yeah. So to get this party started, um, that's a really lame introduction. I'm sorry. By the time I finish this next can, I'll actually stop saying stupid things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we all hope. So uh, from episode 25, which went live actually today on the day of recording, which is uh, an interesting thing, all of our post-editing gumps we have to get through. Um, uh, one of the things that came from that discussion by Kayla Daniels was a website called Code Manifesto. Um, if any of you guys seen this website? Um, I, I was at her presentation at Laracon. Ah, sweet. Yep. Tell me, tell me how the pre- presentation went. Uh, well, she opened up with an apology, uh, for which I had no context for. Uh, so presumably that was something during episode twenty-five. Uh, but she gave a 
it was part of the like lightning talk end of the day. I think somebody bailed out, so they had a bunch of um, small sessions. So she was on stage for about 10, 15 minutes, and uh, she walked through, um, I guess, the initial draft of this, which uh, she said was just originally her work, and then she said Phil Sturgeon add a bunch of stuff to it, uh, probably down near the bottom there. And uh, she kind of like took the, uh, backstory. The clause. That's all I remember. Uh, no, no, she was quite respectful. So I think she was she was presenting the code manifesto. It was it was very meta because she was acknowledging the code manifesto as she was talking about Phil Sturgeon. Um, so there was there was more respect than you'd you'd expect. Uh, but she kind of, she she went through her story about like she she says like I'm not in the profession that I want to be in. Um, so it was a really it was like that was right after Greg's. I think it was, uh, unless maybe that was the day after. I'm kind of mixing things up. Uh, but it was like that talk and then Greg's talk on depression for that like whole Laracon. People were like, those were tremendously powerful talks that had nothing to do with programming, uh, but totally about like the culture and community. And I'm glad that they were presented. So. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, I was going to say, the, um, the way that it basically works in the PHP community is you're not allowed to create any sort of website um, unless my, f my, uh, my name goes in the credits, as, as Josh has worked out. I learned um, that. <laughs> That's why you always submit those spaces in your commits, right? You just, you just put spaces all over the web. Yeah, I've, I've white-spaced half of the PHP community. Um, was that no, the whole point good. of PSR2? Was that, was that, just that is literally your... the whole point. Yeah, just checking. <laughs> it's just so I could run around and, and pull request people to make it PSR2 compatible and pretend it did something useful. Um, but no, I think uh, I think the one that I, I managed to get in there kind of via a few DMs was... Um, was reactions require grace. Angry responses are valid, but abusive language and vindictive actions are poisonous. When something happens that offends you, handle it handle it assertively. She used lots of long words. I didn't do this at all. Um, but be respectful. Escalate reasonably and try to allow the offender an opportunity to explain themselves and possibly uh, correct the issue. And that that is something that luckily a couple of people have, have uh, since thought. Oh yeah, I could I could maybe do that. Like, if I see this thing that I disagree with, I don't have to flip a shit about it. I don't have to go mental. If someone says something that offends me, I don't have to, like, scream and report them to their boss. I could maybe just say, oh, actually, that, that was offensive. And they'll probably say, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it to be. We weren't actually talking to you or about you or didn't mean to be offensive. And we can all kind of be better people together instead of going mental over nothing. Um, so that was, that was the one that I half was involved with. But these are all generally really good rules. Um, it's just, again, don't be a dick to people uh, is the over overriding theme. What I like about it really is that it doesn't seem to uh, – a lot of efforts like this seem to try to police people and kind of be this overarching force. And it's more of just kind of an agreement of, like you said, don't be a dick. But it's, there's nothing in it to like shun people that don't follow it exactly. And it, it seems very kind of inclusive where it – you know, the real goal behind it is to help people, not to exclude people that might have issues. Yeah, yeah and I think a, a nice thing about it, too, is that she explicitly says, if you're going to send a pull request, send, send values rather than explicit rules, you know, that kind of constrain people. Uh, and I think that's a big, big helpful way to approach it. So I guess we were talking about this a little bit, like, in some of the emails uh, before tonight, but some, like, where I was like, I was saying some of like the PRs that I saw within the last week, I'm like baffled how people use their real identities and like spout this garbage or like whether it's trolling or like ranting or just people like legit, like maybe they're legitimately angry, but they're like cursing up a storm and using all sorts of derogatory language. The fact that they do that with their real identities. So like I kind of expect it in like an anonymous forum, 
but seeing this like on github you don't ex it's just common sense like why would you act like this this is your professional image yeah and it's not even just like profanity because i mean shit you know no i mean like phil uses profanity yeah. but generally he's quite professional. But, like yeah but there's just this this hatred behind the, yeah. the language used um for those watching specifically we're talking about the recent Django thing that happened so uh yeah. What, what was the recent Django thing that happened? There was, uh, was yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, a PR to rename, originally just in the documentation, to rename uh, master-slave references and all the database documentation to leader-follower. And I think in hindsight, uh, in the, in the there was like a lot of garbage in that whole pull request of, or and a lot of like me too comments and stuff like that but there was actual real discussion where people agreed about primary and replica is probably like the thing that makes more sense because leader and follower really has no computational backing it was just like a safe alternative uh, from mm -hmm. the existing words uh yeah but that brought out like a whole spiel of of like just crap posts and it's like not threaded conversation it's just like one post after another um, the other things that come to mind was like I know like last year there was like similar language changes in like code igniter there was a PR for that I remember like Raphael Domes was, uh, he like, he was like, ah, I'm, I'm done with this. Um, but it just comes at like every now and then, like the, some PR makes it into Hacker News or Reddit or something and then everybody piles on and it just goes well, way beyond whatever probably the original two people that were involved with it intended. Yeah. And I'm wondering why this is, is kind of seems to be specific to, uh, you know, programming communities because, you know, I've, I've been picking up photography as a hobby lately and, you know, you've got the whole master slave nomenclature for, you know, external like cameras. Yeah. And, uh, so, you know, it's a similar thing there. And I've never really heard of any kind of similar arguments um, in photography. So. so it was similar in MongoDB and they changed the language when the like the topology for a replica set changed and it was like well it's not just master slave there's other types of nodes here so that terminology doesn't work anymore um but the the thing i immediately came to mind when i think uh marco pavetta shared acromius uh shared this on twitter that night that was when i first saw the django pull request i was immediately reminded in uh 2003 uh there was an article on slash dot of, I think it was like LA County was saying, we're not gonna do business with hard drive vendors uh, because the master slave like DMA settings or uh, whatever the parallel ITA stuff. And this was like the same fleshed out conversation from literally 12 years ago, uh, 12, 11, 12 years ago. And it's, it's I mean, it's a, it's a cycle of the same kind of uh, people spouting the same kind of vitriol and on, on both. Yeah. And there's like reasonable arguments, but they're buried inside the people that are just like at each other's throats. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I really understand both sides. It's, the language can be offensive. It's probably time to move past it, seriously. But it's also, it doesn't necessarily mean whether someone takes it, I mean. You know, it does have a uh, further reaching meaning behind those words. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, it's, I the... uh, it's a sensitive subject, I guess, for a lot of people. My vote would be just change it. You know, why offend people if you don't have to and still have the same meaning behind the words? I feel like it's another one of those situations where it's mostly offensive in America. I mean, there'll be other countries that it does affect, um, but it's not an international problem, I wouldn't have thought. Like, I've never heard of any sort of issue like that in the UK. Um, I know the UK was involved in the whole slave trade. Uh, Bristol, unfortunately, had a very strong background there. Um, but that sort, of, that sort of terminology isn't really offensive over here. And once again, these, these projects are international. So to try and change international projects just because it 
can or cannot offend people in America might be a little bit tricky. But either way, whether it's a problem to you or a problem to other people, yeah, you definitely don't need to be a dickhead about the whole situation. Um, well, America is the center of the world, Phil. True, yep. true. That's why I'm trying to get back there, because everything I'm doing here is just pointless. Why am I not in the only country that matters? There's, there's obvious historical references, but then there's like there is like an ongoing slave trade today that doesn't get a lot of press, but it's like children and, and women and stuff. True, yeah. Like, they're certainly different than like historical like 18th, 19th century slave trade, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess yeah. hold on, there's a plane passing. I'm going to mute myself. Wow, do you live at the airport? There's an Air Force base like a mile away. Ben Edmonds is actually is he's on a layover right now. <laughs> this is this is my cabin in the plains. It's really representative of the effort that you're putting into this broadcast. I think I just, I just feel like your address might start with Terminal Three. Uh, <laughs> Are you Tom Hanks? Are you? Have you seen that movie? Where the yeah, guy that's a great movie. That's what's great happening. Movie. Um, Josh, while I've got you here, um, I really yeah. want to talk to you about Slim because um, obviously it's a pretty cool framework that. Um, that might not be again as much press these days as Laravel because it's you know everyone loves Laravel. But um, what are Dan you Taylor. What are you doing? With, yeah, damn it. What are you doing with Slim and what's coming up in Slim Three? Well, it's uh, been gone a bit of a hiatus lately as far as development's concerned. Uh, been a little bit busy, you know, with life and such. But um, version three is going to be coming up sometime. I know a lot of people have been asking me when, but uh, when it's ready. Um, a lot of cool stuff in it. Um, I think one of the most important things I've been doing is um, converting everything to use interfaces. You know, instead of you know coding to a some specific class, you know, coding to an interface, and that way it can be infinitely more extensible than it is now. Um, that's the biggest change. Um, lots of little cool stuff that um, you know I put in that uh, yeah you'll see it in a little bit. But uh, yeah, it's coming along pretty well. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know what to specifically. Uh, <laughs> To say, but uh, does it have facades? Is the question that everybody wants to know. Yes, <laughs> there is. There is. There's an add-on for facades. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually, not, I did not write it. Did uh, did I share the uh, the little side project me and da David Stanley did a couple of no. months ago? We you added uh, facades to Aura. Yeah. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yeah. Did, was there a bad pull request with a lot of bad comments back and forth? No, actually. Uh, Harry or Hari, whatever his name is, the other uh, the, the Indian guy. Yeah, he uh, he he liked it, so there we are. Is he a maintainer of Aura? Yeah, yeah, he is. Paul, oh, Paul okay. doesn't say anything, so I imagine he's going to stab me next okay. time we at a conference. But you know, he's more of the uh, four hundred yards away with a rifle kind. Yeah, of he'll guy. snipe you. So, he has actual yeah. experience with that. <laughs> but yeah, I want some. Um, for those who want to check it out. It's really lightweight, so it's more like, um, uh, I guess, just really light stack. So like um, Sinatra. What would you say kind of stack? Thing? Yeah, exactly like Sinatra. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just it's the the kind of the minimal code you need to kind of receive an HTTP request and route it to the appropriate code, execute the code, and send. Go ahead. We're talking about Slim or Aura. Slim right now. Slim, slim, right? Okay. Keep up, man. Keep up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we use it at uh, my day job for all our API stuff. It's oh, nice. Yeah, really like yeah, I use it like every day at work. You know, I, I definitely dog food it, but uh, but yeah, lately I've just been I've actually been using it to build stuff rather than develop Slim itself. Um, so I'm hoping to kind of get back to it here in probably the next few weeks. Um, That's good to know. Because you hate your users. <laughs> 
Yeah, they're the worst. <laughs> so something that a lot of people kind of uh, when they're getting used to Slim or when they're looking at it, they um, they kind of hit the middleware system, and the middleware seems like something really powerful. Um, but for the average person that has no idea what it is, and I'm going to throw myself in there, um, what what are middlewares and how do you use them? Okay, so. I got the term from looking at kind of uh, the rack infrastructure in the Ruby world. Um, and basically it's uh, some code that sits in between when the HTTP request comes in and it, you run the middleware that kind of sits and wraps around your app. Um, and you can add multiple layers of wrappers around the core Slim application. Um, and you can execute middleware code. I really don't like that word, but you can execute this middleware code before your app runs and then eventually as the request comes and the response comes back out um, through the middleware layers after the, the app runs. Uh, so it's kind of like an onion. I like to describe it like an onion. Uh, like you, you work your way in through each layer and hit the core app and then work your way back out. Um, so it, just, it gives you a lot of freedom to really manipulate the request and response and anything else around your app uh, that you'd like. Now, Slim has its own middleware, right? Have you looked at yep. Stack? I've looked at Stack PHP, but it's 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 coded to um, rely on the Symphony, Symphony right? Um, and so, you know, there's really not, yeah, there's not much I can do with it. Um, so, I, you know, I've, I've started using kind of my own implementation, um, and I know that Ara recently uh, started working with my middleware implementation. So, I'm not sure what they intend to do with it, um, but I'll be keeping an eye on that. Yeah, there you go. Josh, you have your own request response objects? I do, I do. Um, and that's kind of an interesting thing that I've been kind of struggling, pulling back and forth with is, you know, I really, I started Slim kind of bef right before a lot of this whole component componentization stuff started really taking uh, taking force. And so now, like, I'm, I'm thinking, like, well, should I start supporting maybe using Aura's request and response or, or Symphony's request and response objects? Um, and then you start replacing a lot of these different things with components, and then you kind of lose your identity of you know, what exactly is Slim. You know, it's just kind of a collection of these components. Um, it, it, I'm sure a little bit of that will happen. Um, you know, how much and where, you know, I'm still kind of playing and toying with that idea. Um, Pretty sure the first time I heard about Slim was uh, Ed Finkler's uh, micro PHP manifesto. I think he called you out yeah. you know, mm -hmm. as like a, a charming example. Mm -hmm. Well, Ed, Ed is a he's a cool guy, and I've talked with him, and he he loves having zero dependencies. Uh, I think that's really why he prefers Slim over say like Silex. Um, you know, you install Silex, and you're like, hey, this really small little framework, and then it has like these boatloads of dependencies that it pulls down. Um, and Slim is kind of, right now, it's kind of, it's all self-encompassing little thing. Um, and so version three is actually maybe going to be using a Guzzle Stream. Um, it's kind of the first third-party dependency that I've, I've kind of put into Slim. Um, yeah, I'm going to be using Composer, obviously, for that. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes over with the user base. Uh, I'm not sure if they're going to like it or, or hate it, so we'll find out. I, I haven't found anyone that has anything bad to say about Guzzle. Yeah, same here. No, I like love it. Totally cross the like fan club cult, whatever boundaries may <laughs> exist across different frameworks and libraries. Everyone's like, "Oh, Guzzle's yeah. amazing." It yeah. just seems to remain completely neutral. Yeah, when most people are kind of arguing about it, everyone's just like, "No, why? Why would you not use Guzzle? Of course, of course, you'd use Guzzle." Yeah. Well, that's because um, Dowling is really just not active as a public figure, so no one knows that he's a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have evidence that uh, a former guest. I would say he's a nice guy. <laughs> I know. Well, well, Jeremy Lindbaum does most of the public representing of Guzzle, sings all the theme songs and everything, and, and he's like, I mean, you can't say anything bad about that guy. Come on. 
Where where do we hear the theme song? Uh, that was at PHP Tech, actually. I mean, he's I saying, he's saying guzzle to the... Somebody has a video of it, but he's saying guzzle to the theme of uh, some Journey song. <laughs> it, was, uh, so it, was, when, it was actually outstanding. So uh, to the viewers, um, if anyone can get me a copy that of... Footage, just get that footage immediately. Just Somebody get, get, get on footage. There. There's two people uh, listening right now. What are you? We will play it on the show. Ten, ten Jeremy bucks. Jeremy will sing along it. with it. <laughs> That's impressive. Um, so, Josh, actually, another question for you coming in from yeah. IRC. Um, you mentioned kind of um, uh, Silex and, and Slim. Uh, what would you say the major differences between Silex and Slim? Not which one's better or worse, but like what are the kind of the, the objective uh, differences between the two frameworks and their approaches? Sure. Uh, I think their their kind of objective and goals are, are largely the same. Um, basically, to build a small web application or an API using the minimal tool set necessary, kind of a really lower level tool set, um, so that you know you don't have to pull down a lot of these you know unnecessary dependencies. And I'll, I'll probably throw out Laravel. You're welcome, Taylor. That um, has a lot of these extra stuff that you kitchen sink stuff that you probably don't need. Yeah, and it's just overhead. Um, and Slim and Silex both kind of toss those aside. Now the main difference I think is that. You know, I touched on this a little bit earlier, is that Slim is kind of a, um, currently a self-contained entity. It doesn't have, currently doesn't have any third-party dependencies at all, um, for better and for worse. And that may change ever so slightly soon. Um, but with Silex, obviously, it depends on a lot of the Symphony Foundation components, and it'll pull some of those down, too. Um, that's the major difference. Um, and I know that um, Jeffrey, I don't know if Jeffrey Way said this or if someone else did, uh, they were basically recommending Silex for the the symphony the, the symphony foundation behind it, and uh, some people like that, some people don't. I think that's kind of the major difference to point out. Um, but the end goal is largely the same. <laughs> Sorry, you've been uh, I, uh, since, since I, there's I, an I opening like the conversation, I just want to point out that uh, Taylor Otwell's dessert is currently SPF 35. I don't know what that means, but what? Taylor Otwell, so we should pay attention to it. Sorry, the, the reason for the for the pause and the reason I didn't just hear what you said was that somebody was sending me the video. Um, that oh, we uh, got it, Jeremy. Excellent. Yeah, we, we got it. I'll see if I can play it in the show in a second. But uh, what did you just say there, Jeremy? I, I was just saying Taylor Otwell, whatever he's eating for dessert is SPF 20, 35. Oh, excellent. excellent. I, don't, I don't even know what that means. I, I have no idea what that means. So. Yeah. I'm how sorry. do I <laughs> how do I play a YouTube video in the uh, in the is there a ca is it cameraman that I use? Would, no, would I be remiss if I said there's an app to it? Menu. I I believe that there is an app for it, but uh, well, I'll be on the left if I don't side, know how it works. There's a YouTube there's a YouTube button at the very bottom on the left hand bar that opens awesome. up. Mm. Right between yeah, Google Effects and the control room. I don't have access to the control room, but I assume you guys do. Okay. So Circle thing with a play button. Shall we? Should we not do this? No, let's that, do it. Do it? Why would you not do this? Why would you? Uh, why, would you why would you even <laughs> ask that question? Well, I'm trying to work out how in the hell I. Uh, I don't see. Okay. I don't see a YouTube button. I'm sorry. So that's just not there. Um, oh, I'm out. Yeah, I can do it. Uh, do you have the link? I got it. I'm, I'm pasting it in right now. Okay. Oh, here we go. You got it. Yeah. Or am I doing it? No, I'm doing it. It needs okay. my permission because I'm fancy and in control. All right. Oh, hang on. I'm going through the uh, the Google OAuth two pro. PHP Bard. Uh, <clears throat> Sorry, I mean Jeremy Lindblom just told me <laughs> that. Uh, what the YouTube? Oh, so you guys missed it. I, none of you guys were at tech, were you? No. So we got some sleuthing done, and I busted 
wide open these novelty accounts. Oh, really? So we have really covered off. about five, five and a half of these things. Did you get PHP drama? That's the only yes. one I care about. That is actually, Phil, right? I actually paid five dollars no. for that information. No, Phil is actually PHP jerk. It's just been revealed on the town hall. <laughs> no, I. <laughs> I really no, wish I started. You were totally PHP jerk. I don't believe you, sir. Me? No, I. I was none of them. I've had. His I've first got name is Phil. <laughs> the last name is Jerkola, so that's. <laughs> Seems fair. I actually have um, DMs. Between, I have DMs between me and most of these different fake accounts. Um, so I'm happy to chat to myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> who who are the accounts that you have? Uh, so we were able to get PHP Hugs, yeah. uh, PHP Bard, Symphony Borat. Was Hugs other a question? I thought that was public knowledge. Well, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't know who I was. Sorry, I don't. I don't live in an airport, so I have other things to do with my time <laughs> to do this kind of research. Uh, PHP drama, which I, I reluctantly had to pay cash money for, uh, and then there was uh, PHP gossip was also there. Did you and, buy the drama information from? Sorry, uh, PHP douche was also in attendance, but we did not figure out who that was. I don't think anyone cares who it was. No, it's it's that's a, that's one of those rogue accounts. That guy can fuck off. I, oh, I paid Matt Frost. Okay. I paid Matt Frost five That was going to be my question. <laughs> yes. Because he was the only one I knew that knew. Did that come with and, a uh, clause? Or he's lucky he, he agreed to it before I reached for the 20, so he missed out on $15. <laughs> I will pay you, PayPal you $50 right now to review and build this on the show. I... <laughs> Do you have Do you have Venmo? I'll send you some Venmo money. <laughs> I, do, I do have Venmo. <laughs> I don't know if this is the appropriate venue to reveal this information. Fifty five dollars. I don't want to. I don't want to burst anyone's bubbles. Listeners, I, I, see, I see how many how many donations do we have? Let's get. Oh, let's get. Oh, I, is, I was extremely we, disappointed. Can we get the sixty five dollars IRC? No. <laughs> <laughs> I will send you this basically useless iPad that only has Wi Fi. <laughs> I will send you some of my warm and flat ciders. <laughs> Josh, I'm not do you have? anything. <laughs> Josh, you have another TARDIS mug? I'll trade you a MongoDB mug. Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a fair exchange. All right. Uh, PHP the right way. So both you and Phil are uh, involved in this, right? So what's the uh, idea behind it? And why does it have such a, uh, an assholey name? <laughs> yeah, I've got a lot of crap behind that. Uh, so the the point is, uh, you know, obviously if you you Google for PHP and a lot of beginners do, there's a lot of old, not helpful, out of date information. And um, so on a whim, one afternoon, I was like, you know, I'm gonna build this site, and I was like, holy crap, phptherightway.com domain is available, so I bought it, and um, put up this really really simple, just kind of list that just kind of hit on uh, some big bullet points for what's you know considered the quote-unquote right way to, to code PHP days nowadays and um, then people like Phil jumped on and I mean it would have been there. a real project if Phil didn't submit a PR that, so. that, that is true that is true so Phil was, Phil was you know, begging me to get his, get his name in the credits so I was like yeah I'll toss him <laughs> <up> the bone <laughs> I even have like the most self-serving PR ever to the right way that's true just to add my book <laughs> Yeah, you're trying to get me in trouble. I was, I was scared to pull that one in. And uh, yeah, there, there have been 
there have been a few like political problems with trying to get PHP yeah. the right way done. I mean, I, I first got involved with it because I, I saw it pop along and you already had a lot of the website done. Like you were, you were mostly done when I came along um, yeah. or at least a, a very early level you were. Um, and then I started adding a bunch of content myself, just sending PRs and eventually you were like, just fucking have access. I'm bored of merging your right. PRs. Which is how most people get access to anything. Yep. Um, brute force. Um, you did, did Phil do the, did Phil do the British translation? There, there were a few pull requests to take use out of all the different words. Um, yeah, yeah that, that was an issue. That was an issue when Phil started. He uh, kept on using these Britishisms, and I was like, no, no, we got to do this American English. <laughs> and then you park by the lorry, and then. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's it's taken off really well. It's it's got like a ton of people who've joined, and some of the who's who of PHP have really contributed, and, and uh, it's got a lot of good information. Now, whether or not you consider it the right information uh, is your call, but uh, but it's it's good information, and um, so yeah, and it's just like taken the, off. The pragmatic side of PHP sadness. <laughs> it's like these are all your problems, and this is. Pretty much, yeah. This this is what's kind of shitty, and this is how you avoid that ever being a problem. Like, um, yeah. sure, you can have these really weird situations if you try doing, you know, um, empty array equals equals on a fucking string or something, but uh, don't do that. Um, <laughs> quite simple advice. There's lots of other things in there, like um, uh, using the old MySQL... Uh, extension is it used to be kind of a bad idea because it might go away in the future and then recently I changed that text to it's definitely going stop fucking using that thing it's, it's going to be dicey <laughs> and then in another three months I'm going to be like I, I don't know why you're even trying to use it it's not there anymore you're a fucking idiot uh, yeah. but over time over time it's like an evolving document of like this is how you do things properly um, yeah. and then every now and then it's like oh actually that was wrong but uh, we, you know we, it improves over time instead of being like uh, a disparate series of a hundred different blog articles, mostly written by twats. Um, so we have this kind of centralized repository of, of all of the PHP community's information instead of some of the other shit that's around, like W3 schools and stuff like that. There's just, it's fucking awful. It was awful 10 years ago when I was learning how, how PHP worked, and it's just as far, it's exactly as awful as it was then, because it hasn't changed in the slightest. Yeah, I actually really like it because it's a good resource that's uh, sort of neutral to just send to people when they have questions. WC3 so, schools or PHP the right way? Both, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still get like a, a ton of the email and things from uh, Coding Manor Days, which is just full mm -hmm. of the noobs, basically. So I get yeah. just tons of the emails every week asking for like most basic PHP help ever, and I guess for the right way and know that they get pretty good information for all the basic questions. Yeah, I do the same thing. Same thing. It's uh, doing pretty well. It's on page one of Google for PHP. So, and we have question, really... question for Josh here. Yeah. Uh, so you obviously wrote the initial draft of this, but before the PR. So since all the PRs started coming and other people contributed, what would you say is one con contribution that stands out where you actually learned something significant that someone else shared here? Where I learned something significant. Like somebody submitted an article section or something, and you're like, oh. Well, let me skim through it here. A lot. Yeah. Uh, I will say that. Um, I think probably a, a lot of the testing section, because like I, I haven't really... Um, I mean, I test, but I haven't really focused on learning a lot of, like... Be careful, Josh. We all, we, we all test. <laughs> we all test, yes. But, uh, you know, programmer's going to find me. Um, 
but uh, no, I think I've learned the most from that section, um, specifically, you know, like some of the links to the, the other testing tools and whatnot. You know, I, I'm very familiar with PHP Unit. I love PHP Unit and um, use it all the time. But uh, but like the hat and some of the other. Um, Sorry, uh, PHP Unit by Sebastian Bergman, you mean? Yes, that is correct. It's important that we always add the byline. Are there two? No. No. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's probably what I would, I would pick. Um, yeah. I feel like some of the security stuff has been pretty powerful. Um, there was a security, um, there's a section about uh, password hashing and data filtering, and, and I can't remember specifically who wrote it, but like uh, like Josh already mentioned, like whenever we have a, uh, whenever we identify the section that needed to be added, um, I, me or him or somebody would go out and try and find the very best person to try and uh, talk to about that. Um, so we had. Um, I don't think Anthony Ferrer was involved, but it was okay. basically it, whoever the second best person is. No, it was, <laughs> it was somebody else that knew a lot about password hashing. What, one um, of the lesser Anthony's. Yeah, one of his claims that he just he wails out for uh, for fares and handshakes. But now, He um, did say on Twitter that he, he is interested in helping, so you need to hit him up for that. Absolutely. Well, he, he was unfortunately one of the people at the start that was like, I hate this whole project because of the name. Um, and then eventually he kind of came around to it. And I, I basically, um, we, we argued logic over beer. About, yeah, I'm still here. Uh, did I cut out for a bit there? No, you're, you're good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we argued logic for a while over a couple of beers and eventually we got there. Um, and I think he's a big fan of the idea now. As long as, as long as we aren't telling people this is the only way to do it. And I think um, over time it has evolved to be like, here are four or five ways that you could do it. Um, and here's three ways that you fucking should not even touch with a barge pole. Like, don't do not do it those three ways. Do it one of these four ways and you'll be okay. Um, so it's not like the one true way as written by whoever. It's, you know. So, yeah, password hashing and data filtering is really good. Um, we got um, basically someone who wrote a blog article about uh, comparing about five different um, dependency injection systems. He wrote the section about dependency injection. So that was a pretty good... Um, fairly even even description of all the different systems and you know we've got a lot of a lot of very smart people that have very specific domain knowledge that write a very specific section and then other people pr it if there's any problems with that so it's all worked out fairly well i think yeah it really has um, but yeah i should i want to make clear that you know i, I started it uh, and i wrote the very very initial content but um then uh, obviously once phil came on board we really started delegating to the, the industry experts because um, obviously i don't know everything uh, don't claim to, and, uh, but I do want to make sure we have the best information so available. Oh, I know, uh, but uh, it's hard you to wrote be more though, man. I mean, of course you know everything. When you're like me and Josh, and you know, ninety-five percent of everything, it's it's very difficult to to cover up the other five percent. That's true. <laughs> A quick sidetrack for anyone watching: there's an awesome argument between uh, Matt Frost and his beard happening on Twitter right now. <laughs> oh, is that the, the beard novelty account? Yeah, short white beard. I saw that earlier today. It's beautiful. We've totally jumped the shark as a community. I just want to say that. Hey, that is Phil's favorite phrase. Phil, jumped tell the shark. History. Is it really? <laughs> Phil, do you yeah, spend... it came up, it came up in a recent episode. Actually... I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I have no idea what that phrase means. And someone explained that I'm You watch Happy Days, right? Yeah. Phil is not actually locked out of the country. He's just been on TVTropes.org for the last three months, <laughs> clicking through links. I don't think they have happy days in England, though. They just have, like, sad, rainy days. <laughs> That's true. That was a bad joke. 
wow, he really is going for it with his beard. The thing I'm sad about is that whoever set up this fake beard account couldn't even be bothered to get a photograph of his beard on there. <laughs> How many photographs have you seen with Matt Frost's massive fucking beard? Well, and you I couldn't get one of those photographs the, for this Twitter the egg, account. The egg is appropriate because the beard has now just been reborn. So it needs to hatch <laughs> as, a, as a new beard. Okay, okay. But I, I concur. There is absolutely no... Uh, I will point out also there's only one follower I know, and that's Coder Rabbi. So I would not be surprised if he is uh, if he's behind. It. Actually, You're sorry, right. there's, there's only, only one, one follower, follower in this account. It is Code Rabbi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we just okay. cracked that one wide open. Six and a half novelty accounts done. Boom. Uh, all right, so PHP the right way, I guess, is kind of done. Apart from to mention that we have a book. Uh, there is a copy of the book. It's completely free. Um, once again, I mentioned there's some some politics that comes up now and then. It's usually two or three people that for some reason try and complain about PHP the right way. I've never quite worked out why, but uh, when we released the book, some people freaked out and they're like, oh, they're trying to get money from all these people that have submitted all this work. Not even at all. Basically, uh, me and Josh uh, have not ever seen and will never see a penny from it, but um, it, the book is completely free. It's exactly the same content um, as the website. Basically, I've got some shitty PHP regex command, uh, command line script that I run every arbitrary number of months, um, and it updates the book. But it's, it's pretty much the same copy as the book. Um, LeanPub or PDF? It's just LeanPub, yeah. I, I, I use LeanPub for, for my other book, which is available, uh, but uh, I realize it's quite a good system. So it basically, <laughs> there it is. It's, it's kind of tricky. It, 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 converts, um, it converts GitHub Markdown to uh, to LeanPub Markdown, which right. mostly is fine, but there's some really fucking awful stuff in there. So I'll put a link to the show, no- a link in the show notes to the um, shitty PHP script I wrote. But basically, it's the same content, and it's just in PDF or EPUB or Mobi. I don't know what that is. Um, and you can you can get that for free if you choose to donate any money. It goes to our selected cause, which is the EFF, which keeps the internet the keeps the internet free and open and less NSA ish theoretically for everyone. So Grab a copy of that for free or whatever. Um, but that's have you, have you had any trouble with some Vietnamese guys from Texas, or was that? Are they plagiarizing what things? What are you talking about? <laughs> what? It's a drunk oh, incident was... with it. <laughs> I know what that is. That's the Laravel Four cookbook. Um, oh. So yeah, those guys haven't been causing any trouble here. Just, no, just one of those. not so far. Okay. No, I, I called I called them on their shit publicly, and then uh, basically everyone uh, stopped partnering with them. I, I withdrew my bundle. Everyone else withdrew their bundles, um, and then basically it was proven that they were a sham. Lean. No, when you say you them. called them out, are you saying that? Are you talking about the PHP Jerk website that you're organizing? Are you admitting <laughs> to running the? <laughs> no, I I <laughs> helped. <laughs> Go on. Yes. That PHP joke website. He helped awesome. call them out in the Phil's exact writing language, but under okay. Account. All right. Very I good. helped call them out through tweets and through other various things. I helped. Uh, I got emails sent to various people. Somebody else who happens to be called Philip and who runs a fake PHP jerk uh, website also happened to write about how much he hates them. But I wish that was me. He did it very well. Um, <laughs> anyway, I wish I was one of these uh, PHP accounts. You must make a horrible Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Bruce Wayne. Oh. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be Batman. It'd be like, I'm Phil, man. And everyone would be like, yeah, Phil, we know it's you. I'd be like, how did you guess? Um, <laughs> it's the, the trail of cider cans behind you. <laughs> 
Which reminds me, Alex, number three. Um, <laughs> so, next question is, uh, this is one that, uh, Josh, you brought up, and it was um, the, the Laravel versus PHP community stuff in general, which is obviously oh, yeah. something I've, I've touched on in the past, and I don't want to give another rant because we've all seen them before. Um, but how do, you, how do you feel about the differences um, in the way that the, the Laravel community and the PHP community kind of uh, represent themselves or interact or maybe label themselves? What are the differences to you? Now, before sure. you start, keep in mind yeah. that Phil had weeks worth of emails based on this topic. <laughs> Did he? All right. So, if you have any comments about what I say, email them to Phil. I'll be happy to help help uh, answer them. Um, so, I, I'm kind of surprised that, that there's so much uh, uh, conflict, I guess, for lack of a better word, that's going between the two. You know, on the, on the one hand, you've got the the general PHP community, which is all about components and sharing, and you know what have you, and then you've got Laravel, which you've got, if Taylor's a great guy behind it, he's building this phenomenal system that just isn't quite, you know, as good as people would like regarding sharing and working with non-Laravel code. Um, you know, I've talked with, with Lar- uh, Taylor about this a little bit, and he just said he's not that interested in, in working on individual components. He's just interested in building kind of a, a nice, self-contained, big system, you know, and that's more power to him. Um, so I, I don't really have an issue with it. You know, you you know if you if he wants to do that, great. Uh, if you want to use Laravel, great. You know, if not, then um, you know there's tons of other components out there. There's there's Slim. I hear that's really good and um, what have you. So yeah, that's kind of my take. I mean, I don't really feel one way or the other. Um, I'm not really sure what the all the arguments about. What about you, Bill? Yeah, that seems fair enough. Um, for, for me, it was a little bit more. Um, I don't want to say emotional, but I, there was a little bit more attachment to it for me because of a few things. Basically, with Laravel 3, I, I wrote an article a while ago saying, like, Laravel 3 is awesome. And it's just like, yes, it's awesome, but who cares to me? Because Laravel 3 was just a, another framework. There was there was Kohana, and there was Fuel, and there was Laravel, and there are all these yep. frameworks that are just their own code that are completely isolated in there. They are every single problem that's wrong with framework-specific code. They have their own... Uh, bundles, modules, cells, sparks, they have their own, you know, code installers, you have to port code to work with one and the other. That was where we were in 2011, 2012, and it was kind of shit, right? Um, so for a while, I was like, level three is great, who cares, Fuel, fuel's all right, who cares, whatever. Um, and then, I, I, for ages, I was saying uh, to Taylor, Eloquent's amazing, Eloquent's really good, please release it as a, as a, as a composer package. And right. I kept, I just trolled him so long. Like every time, he, every time he released some other thing um, or whatever, write a blog post about Eloquent or anything else, I'd just be like, cool, let me know when I can use it. And I just kept on trolling it for ages. And eventually he came through on Skype one day and was like, oh yeah, so guess what? I've released Laravel 4 as a series of components. And I was like, hallelujah. Like one of the most impressive frameworks is now available to everyone, uh, for everyone to use as a series of composer components. That's exactly what I want. So I started using them, and um, I was like, actually, these are really hard to use. Um, and he was like, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. Version version 4.0 will be kind of hard to set up, and then and then version 4.1 will be much easier. I was like, oh, okay, that seems fair. Cool, get version 4 out, then worry about it later. Um, and uh, and then, you know, later came, and it never happened, and 4.1 wasn't easier. And then eventually he was like, ah, I just don't really care about it, but you can send pull requests if you want. And I was thinking, I don't, that's a lot of work. Like, the fact that I have to go through every single component in Laravel and then send pull requests to make them work like independently and, and, and with less bootstrap involved, that sounds terrible. Like that's why I got out of 
the COVID-19 didn't have to be a, a framework developer. And now if I want things to work that way, I have to be a framework developer again. So I guess for me, it's just kind of my own shit. Um, I could probably go and use Aura or other stuff. But it was it was a massive disappointment for me that it was initially meant to be a composer-based kind of component framework. And then as it was released, it was like, ah, actually, I can't be fucked with that. So I guess I'll just well, go with... I mean, it, it is, isn't, isn't it still a composer-based framework just for itself, right? It depends what you mean about component, uh, composer-based, right? Because with Slim... Well, it's got a lot of the Illuminate components, I guess is what I'm referring to. Yeah, so with the Illuminate components, you can install those separately, um, but they usually require a fuckload of other components. So the example I use regularly is if you want to use the Illuminate um, component, then that requires the view system, which requires the Symfony HTTP kernel and a bunch yeah. of other stuff. Mm -hmm. So to, for me to interact even with like unit testing, the paginate, um, with, with Fractal, we require, uh, it requires uh, the pagination system. That requires views, which requires help helpers, which requires the support package, which needs a bunch of other shit, and it gets really tricky. Um, but Jeremy, what's, what's your take? Why, why would a view system require the HTTP kernel? Um, so with the pagination system, it looks at the URL to find out uh, if you have a query param. And again, okay. this is something I've suggested. Like, I know I could just send a pull request. Could, but could I'm, be split up, but it's it's not because the path of least resistance was just a read the URL. Right. Yeah, okay. it's 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 tricky. I know because with all these decisions, I understand why they were made. I just wish they were different. And the answer always comes back to you have to send a pull request. Like I'm the only fucking person in the world that cares about components working separately. But it it very much is. Yeah, for pagination to work, it needs the HTTP kernel so that it can look at it and then say, oh, you're on page two. Where really you could easily have some sort of setter that says set page num, and then you pass in two. Right. You know, Phil, I think this is, a, this is a good time to mention Anthony Ferrara's uh, post this morning about the, the fire truck. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Hang, hang on a second. Somebody has got, like, a dog running around. Or that's, that's me. Hold on. Let me... Okay. <laughs> so, I, have a no, I have a no pets policy in my apartment, so certainly not I. So, um, yeah. recent news on PHP Town Hall, Phil Sturgeon hates animals. <laughs> yep. And if it's and if it's children, they can go out in the yard as well. I mean, I do. The amb ambush journalism is just right around the corner. <laughs> my wife got my dogs there, so we should be good. Sorry about that. That's okay. Uh, yeah, but I was I was bringing up Anthony Farrar's post this morning about the fire truck, um, about the guy who wrecked the fire truck, and you know you should say thank you because like he showed up to help, um, you know, even though he did kind of wreck things. Um, and I think that very much applies to Laravel. I haven't, uh, I haven't read that. Can you give this a quick? Uh, like yeah, quick sure. Read? So, like, there was a there was a fireman, and um, you know, I think Anthony used to be a fireman, and he was saying that one day this guy wrecked a wrecked a fire truck, and, and the guys on the on his squad were kind of making fun of him, and um, and the captain came over, and he was like, you know, thank you. And he, the guy was like, well, what do you mean? I wrecked the truck. And he's like, well, not everybody's you know going to volunteer and show up to fight fires. You, you showed up. You wrecked the truck. You make mistakes, sure, um, but you showed up. So thanks. Yeah, so that was a really cool story. Um, and it, you know, it's all about open source and um, you know, showing up to help. And you get a lot of people who may, you know make fun of you or say your crap or whatever. But you know, they're not they're not necessarily showing up to, to do the job. So. Yeah. So is that the sort of thing that Anthony talks about now that he's not on internals? He just bangs on about trucks. Apparently <laughs> so. Yeah. Sorry, lorries actually. The fire lorry. Uh, <laughs> no, it was it was a it was a quite an excellent parable. I need to read that. I, I didn't spot that. Yeah, it was a great story. Yeah. 
So was the point that I should show up and be a fireman? Yeah. The point is that you well, should up and then go, go help build the as, as project maintainers, like a pull request comes in. This happens all the time on Doctrine. Like a pull request comes in and it needs massaging or there's not a test case and stuff like that. So, But you still have to be graceful for the person. Like even if you end up not taking their code, you thank them for the effort. They brought it to your attention and they did like the starting work and maybe they don't have the facility, like they can't go all the way. Um, but you can just pick up on that and give them the, the kudos. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, Louis, Louis uh, Cordoval is going to go nuts here, but his uh, Gush project, uh, which he's been uh, running around promoting, has, has like the back padding stuff built into it where like you're managing your pull requests uh, from command line and you just thank people automatically and which maybe takes some of the personal stuff out of it. Oh, but it's no. like baked in, like that's part of the managing an open source project is like thanking your contributors and getting them in, like in, involved you, and feeling appreciated. Had the other seen Phil manage open source? Because it's almost the exact opposite. I saw him call <laughs> the, the, the guy in Asshat last week. So, did I actually say asshat or did said I said asshat in the so I didn't want to bring this up, but it didn't really <laughs> abide by the code manifesto. <laughs> was it did that asshat deserve it is the real question. Well I believe he was he was threatening to sue you, so I, I'm not gonna make any yeah. assumptions there. I'm just going to stay out of it. My lawyer advised me to not get involved in this. I think I think I covered it briefly on the last uh, the last episode, which is yet to air, with this ridiculous guy who came in was being rude to everybody. And when I think someone's being rude, that fucking says a lot. Um, this guy who came in who's being rude, who's shouting everyone down, being a dick, um, really pr- producing some really great code and sending us pull requests with that great code. And I was happy about that. But at the same time, he's being a knob. So it was kind of tricky. Um, and eventually he ended up um, forking it and going off somewhere else. And there was all sorts of problems. And he, he tried, uh, he got a lawyer involved and it was ridiculous. But aside all of that, he was doing some good work and we were grateful. Um, and I think it, it's always a difficult relationship between the, the, the pull requester and the pull requestee, right? Um, Taylor has helped me out a lot in the past, um, which is why like, I'm not going to grump about him. When I, when I make these... Uh, complaints, observations. It's not like ah oh, fuck Taylor. It's just like in a perfect world, everything would be great. Um, he helped me out a lot recently uh, with. Uh, I started doing some pull request, um, and I couldn't quite work out how to do everything. I did like seventy percent of it, and he just did the other the other part of it, um, which is really helpful. And I was only talking about all of that stuff to give Jeremy enough time to replace his image with, <laughs> with a picture of that guy, <laughs> the deal with it guy. Yeah, that guy sucks. Um, <laughs> but no, it's a tricky one. You've got to try and work out if you can... People people can't just go, I demand this code, so you should write this code. And people can't just go... Uh, and you, and you, you can't just say, you know, pull request or STFU every single time. Um, but you can't expect everyone to do everything, and you can't expect the maintainers to do everything. It's a really fine line between being over-expecting and being lazy and just being, a you know... Being a good open source guy. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Sorry. I don't know. Josh, how do you deal with pull requests? When people want a feature that you have no interest in writing, what do you do? <laughs> well, with all the other stuff I have going on, I typically ignore it, um, which <laughs> I, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't do. Uh, but no, I try, to, I try to, you know, ideally I'll, I'll try and give a nice response and explain like, you know, thanks, but, you know, here's why I don't want to use it. Um, yeah, I, I, I do strictly, I don't pull in anything I don't want. 
because um, it, it's hard keeping slim what it is and keeping it small and slim. Um, <laughs> Let's see what you did there. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I had to keep up with all your puns, man. Um, so, uh, but yeah, that's how I, I try to be nice. I try to give an explanation. Yeah. So, but a lot of times I just don't get around to answering it because I'm busy. So. Yeah, fair and enough. For, and for PHP I, the right way, I just depend on Phil to answer. Hmm? <laughs> yeah, it's quite simple. You just say, I hate your idea. It's stupid, but here's why. And then they feel yeah. much happier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> definitely. Uh, so the topics we have left, we're actually doing pretty well. Um, and we, we are kind of getting towards time, but only because we've uh, I've rambled on in between. So um, if you guys have another 10, 15, then we have a few things left to cover. Some My schedule is entirely clear. You have me until the morning. Sweet. It is. Right. It's currently the morning for me. It's 2 a.m. already. So that's that's why I have this facial hair again. This is a running theme with the podcast. It's uh, obviously Same I shaved, here. I shaved this morning. in the past two hours. Yeah, I shaved this morning, and that's why this Matt, came from. Matt's beard is hatching already. <laughs> I bet his whole face is just quivering, ready, and then like in 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, onto the PHP League. So from one from one um, bullshit elitist project to another bullshit elitist project, PHP the right way, and the PHP League, um, <laughs> both both have been considered by fortunately a minority to be projects that pretend we're better than everybody else. And and I feel like the PHP League is obviously um, another one that people could easily tar with that same brush. So PHP the right way, like we said. A lot of people thought that PHP the right way was, this is the only true way to write your code. And really it's, here are a few different ways that you could write your code, and here are some that you definitely fucking shouldn't. Um, PHP League was uh, was meant to be an idea, uh, which is, here is, a lot of code is like phpclasses.org. It's basically all shit. Um, manual. <laughs> it was shout at me for that one, but I've I've already explained in full that I think ninety five percent of the code on that website is fucking awful and needs to be deleted as soon as possible. Um, with PHP League, uh, we we held ourselves to a much higher standard, one that was potentially unreachable, um, and we tried to work out a way in which we could make code that was the best possible code that we could. It has to be like a hundred percent tested. It has to be all these various things. Um, we just want to make it the best that we can and better than the average, which is what makes it extraordinary. Because the average, if the average is phpclasses.org and, and random shit on SourceForge, then becoming better than average seems like a fairly reasonable goal. Um, and we defined some rules of how we could get there. So like I said, unit test, use all the standards, um, and a bunch of other stuff. So that's that. Um, Josh, I've tried to I've tried to harangue you into being part of the PHP League, but so far you've evaded. When, I've been when ignoring your emails, Phil. Check your spam filters. <laughs> yeah, holy crap, there's like a thousand. No, um, yeah, you sent me a few emails about it. Um, and I, uh, I, d- I didn't want to move Slim over uh, because I think... Oh, I of course, up, of course. Yeah. Um, but you know, I if I can get some time around to it, I I'd be willing to move the um the upload component over to it. And I know there was another guy on Twitter you were talking with a while back that looked with had a another good library um, that we're talking about merging potentially. Um, so that's definitely an option. I know that there's um, um Scott Robertson I want to say his name on Twitter has been working on a PR for the upload component to integrate one of the uh, fly system uh, from the PHP ah. League. Um, yeah. to, to really help um, push, you know, obviously files to a lot of different places. 
so that's in the works, um, and I think that would be a good opportunity when that's released to, to merge them in. So, yeah, yeah. that'd be handy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely, the slim would not be the the right sort of thing for the project. I mean, a lot of what the project's trying to do is um, is weird. Like, if you look at these other other communities, like the Python and the the Ruby community, if you want to use the OAuth two library, what do you use? You install the OAuth two gem. There's one of them. It's fucking brilliant, right? <laughs> it's 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 so simple. Like that because it's a smaller community and there are less people that have tried to reinvent the wheel. They're like, oh, I need an OAuth two gem. I'll just install that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you if you look around. Um, if you look around PHP, you know, two or three years ago, and you want to find some some OAuth two code, there's a zip on some guy's blog. There's some <laughs> bullshit on SourceForge. There's five bullshits on PHP classes, um, and you just have all this terrible code everywhere. And and now, luckily, we've got Composer. There's there's like two or three that might be okay, um, but all you can really base it on is like, well, this one has the most installs, so this right. is probably the least shit. Um, and then you realize it hasn't got any tests and it's on version 0.1 for a year and there's just so much crap on there. So what we're trying to do is help bring people together um, because we have a lot of these different people. Um, uh, like I said, people have noticed Fly System and they're trying to integrate it with your code. You are building an upload class and somebody else is building an upload class. I'm trying to smash you guys together so you can both work on the same sort of thing. And it's not trying to kind of take over the world, but it's like we should all stop producing multiple different things that are all kind of shitty. And if see, we can both work together on making one that's good. So I feel like. What are you saying about my code, Phil? That you need some fucking help. Jeremy. Fair enough, fair enough. So, yeah. Good, Jeremy. Uh, little story. Back many years ago when I actually made web applications, uh, in the Symphony community, when we had bundles and all the bundles needed namespaces and stuff, and people didn't want to use their actual names as a namespace because it's weird. Like, it's weird. It's like capital J McCullough. It's like, I don't want to use that as namespace. So they created a Friends of Symphony uh, GitHub organization, and they just started like so. The first thing they ported there was like the user management bundle, which is still like the most popular Symphony, just kind of like in Symphony One, that was also the most popular bundle. But then they had like an OAuth library that the REST bundle for Symphony lives in there, and it's just people from all different companies, and they kind of so at a couple of like years in the past, I managed one of the projects in there and handed it off, and now some guy in Australia takes over and he's he's running the Elastica, the Elastic Search bundle. Uh, so there's definitely like a need. It serves a good purpose to have a community. I think in in your case, like PHP League, that's crossing the framework barriers. So maybe it's more controversial, I guess, because I remember some of the original like feedback on that was like, oh, you guys are a bunch of elitists and stuff. Whereas with uh, like the FOSS thing, everybody was like, oh, well, this is this is good. We know like those guys already worked on the core framework, so we they're established folks. So what I mean was the. Like where was the where were the complaints coming from? Is it because you were you guys all from one pocket of the PHP community? Um, no, it wasn't. How, so how diverse that. were you? The diversity was uh, me, Matt Frost, Alex Bilby. We were, there were a couple of coding matter guys, a couple of Laravel guys. Um, there have been a few people that aren't necessarily tied to any one framework or well known by any one one framework. I think the the, the original elitist comment. The original website, like the, the phrasing original, on the website with the language. Yeah. yeah. So the original website, I smashed together. I wasn't drunk or anything. Let's not just assume that. But I, of I definitely. Not. Why, not? Uh, <laughs> why would anyone assume that? Sure. Um, I think I think I smashed together some fairly like bullshit wording that was just kind of mostly as a joke to Alex Bilby because um, he was really my my partner getting off the ground. Um, and I think my wording was a little bit kind of elitist in, in some respects. It was a little bit jokey. It's like um, uh, we we are you know making the best code we can. Here are the rules that we follow. Uh, but then it was things like. 
um, you know, hop on here for IRC. You don't demand too much from our time. We're, we, we have to have holidays too. And it was a lot of it was kind of silly and messing around because we hadn't actually released the website yet. It was still just literally, I bought a domain. I pushed some code up on GitHub. I think that code might have linked to the website and we were planning on getting that website done. So I pushed up a bullshit joke just to get um, Alex started. He then was a day or two late on actually, he said like, oh, I'm going to fix it and make it better. And then we both kind of forgot. And then like three days later, Anthony's like, you're a bunch of elitist douchebags. And I was like, oh, fuck, wait, wait who's looking at that? Stop, 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 stop. And, <laughs> and it was pretty awkward because it just wasn't ready. It wasn't ready at all. Um, so since then, we definitely cleaned up the, the text and, and kind of the point of it. And it was like, we are tr- striving the best that we can to, th- to make things that are extraordinary. There are many different like metrics that make something good quality. And here are the metrics that we abide to that we think are good. You might think other metrics are good. You might use a, you might use the pair standard for some reason. Fuck you, but okay. Um, so we, we were trying to do that. And, and Jeremy, as you pointed out, like um, the, the problem comes from when you have these packages, someone makes it for a while and then they get bored or they have to do something else and then it just languishes. And then someone goes, okay, I'll make my own. And then have five people make their own or like there's three forks from the same project. Much better if you could hand it off to somebody to pick it up. And exactly. Yeah, we're a community of friends that all know each other or they all work together. And we've got a little email mailing list that anyone can join and, and help out or just put, you know send pull requests. So if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, which may well fucking happen, I keep cycling in the dark. Um, if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, there's like 10 other people that can take over any of my packages. If Alex gets hit by a bus, we can all help. We can all cover it. So all you ever have to do is rely on League CSV. And if, you know, if, if the guy running that package vanishes, you're still good. Um, and you can always, the project managers can always switch and change and quit and do new things. And you still have the same group. So, so I just want a, a point of information. You said league CSV. So you actually have a first class PHP library for working with CSV files. I just, is that, is that yes. true? Yes. Okay. Want to make sure and I heard that. Lovely. It is, it is wonderful. <laughs> Well, I didn't know that. That's cool. I'll have to check it out. I've been using the, um, I don't know how you pronounce it, the K-E-B-O-O-L-A thing on packages. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Well, I'll check it out. <laughs> I mean, again, it might be wonderful, but if no one can pronounce the fucking vendor name space, then no one's going to install it. Right. Oh, we should we should use the... What is that? <laughs> or league slash CSV. I mean, which... Oh, 10,000 people disagree with you, Bill, but yeah. What, what good are UTF-8 <laughs> characters if you're not going to use them all? Come on. That's true. Oh, yeah. This is this is roughly where everyone in Russia thinks I'm an asshole. Um, <laughs> but I'm just saying, you guys have complicated names. Should we use emoji? Let's just start using emoji. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the Unicode, sure. Unicode snowman is a completely valid PHP symbol. Yeah. I was making the rounds on Twitter once again last week. <laughs> it's that time of year again. The most wonderful time. Oh, uh, so the last thing, if anyone, sorry, I'm talking through a pen. Um, the last thing that was on my list, um, Josh, again, this is one that you brought up, and it was um, about uh, Chris Archis's recent uh, emails newsletter, e- email newsletter. Wonderful. That third side is really <laughs> kicking in. So um, would you like to introduce this and talk about it a little bit? Sure. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of more of a serious note, which may be unusual for this podcast, but um, yeah, uh, Chris Hartges sent out a newsletter uh, a few days ago, and if you don't subscribe to it, definitely go and subscribe. It's, it's an excellent newsletter. It doesn't come out every day, but uh, he has good stuff to say when he does say it. 
Uh, this particular newsletter was about him having to prioritize what he does with his job, with his softball leagues, with his family. You know, magic a, cards. Magic cards. Magic cards. Magic the Gathering. Yep, there you go. I was and, really worried that he was giving up magic cards. <laughs> I don't think he'd do that. No. But uh, but yeah, it just how he had to kind of cut back to, to kind of stay sane and make time for what's important and kind of not do what's not important. Like um, a uh, a true geek, he gave up the one physical activity. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was slow pitch. <laughs> Dude is like eight Don't feet tall. Man. He plays slow pitch. <laughs> he looks stronger than that. I don't know. Guess not. Anyway, yeah, I, I actually resonate with that a lot. I'm, like, notoriously bad about overcommitting to things. Yep. Part of it is just because I love new things. Like, I'll get super excited about some new idea or some new project or whatever, and then I just hate, like, the monotony of finishing in that. And then part of this, too, is, like, I have a lot of friends that do cool things and they need help with this or that. And so I'll try to, uh... What were you winking at off camera? It's awkward. Anyway... Who's who's winking at what? He's doing a weird eyebrow thing. Are there Swedish lads over there? (laughs) Yep. So I'm I'm pretty bad at overcommitting, so I definitely resonate with that a lot. It's uh, yeah, yeah. I've had to do that several times, and it's it's hard. You know. Yeah, that really is. Like, I also get to the point too where I get kind of burned out. You know, if I'm just pushing myself really hard a lot and. Um, you know, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but you know, I picked up photography. It's just something wildly different um, that I don't really know much about, and just kind of something I can have fun with uh, and not stress over. And you know what I did. Now, do you not stress over? Because I I've thought about that before. Uh, stress about what? Photography. Because I think I would just like geek out over it so much that it would just eat away hours out of my day. Well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not that big into it. Like I don't spend hours a day at it, but, um, but it is, it is a fun little hobby. Uh, and I do geek out over like the different type of glass and buying what have you. But, uh, but yeah, I don't do it professionally enough to worry too much about it. Um, so not yet anyway. So we'll see where it goes. But yeah, it's just something wildly different. Yeah. Jeremy, what's up? Is this, is this like posting selfies on Instagram or are you actually <laughs> buying camera hardware and no I've got like a I've got a Canon 60 with a 35L and I'm looking I'm saving for a 70 to 200 f2.8 that's a lot of acronyms so I'm gonna assume that you know what you're doing <laughs> it's, it's an expensive lens uh, but I've got to save up for it I don't want to get it um, I have a, this, is my, this, this is my girlfriend's camera uh-huh. it is, uh, this still has batteries in it there we go nice Look at that fancy shit right there Mm-hmm. I'm surprised you have to say it with all that, you know, PHP the right way book money coming your way. That's right, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to the EFF. That's one quid a can, yep. though. You must be stockpiling those. <laughs> That's the one thing I love about being back in the UK. You can just buy your entire body weight in cider for less than like 10 bucks. It's insane. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so yeah, what what uh, what the hell were we just talking about? Cameras. Um, uh, being being had, burned uh, out. Overcommitting, being burned out. Yeah. Have I you mean, ever been today, burned out, Phil? Because it seems like you never stop. I know. Dude, I mean, today, today is a perfect example. Um, today I woke up at 9 o'clock, um, which isn't uh, – that's not really a point in itself. These people that write these articles before – you know – the, the things that, you know, famous, successful people do before 6 o'clock, all I do before 6 o'clock is drink Dude. and then hopefully pass out at 6. 
But I woke up. Nine a.m. sounds early. Was that early or late? Nine a.m. is early for me, if I'm honest. Okay, it's yeah, it's early for me too. <laughs> I got up at nine or ten or some shit around there. I, I and then I had open source commitments. Like I was just my inbox was fucking spammed with all this stuff. I released a new version of Fractal, which is another league project. I released a new version of Fractal. Apparently, somebody had some really loose um, composer requirements in their projects, so I broke other people's projects. That's my fault, apparently. So my inbox is spam with all these people going, how dare you release new versions of your code, you prick? Um, so I went and through and fixed a bunch of other packages. Um, and then some people were complaining at me that I hadn't documented it just because they noticed that that tag was available on GitHub. They'd started demanding documentation immediately before I even blogged about it. So I'm like, fine, I'll write some fucking documentation. Then I realized that I had to get episode 25 up, so I pushed that up. Um, and then I had all these fucking things happening, and I didn't start doing client work until about 3, 4 o'clock. That's not that rare for me. That I genuinely like The reason I quit Codeigniter on PHP and a bunch of other projects um, last last year, eighteen months ago, two years ago, was I started working. I started working for Capture, and I realized that most of my fucking life was spent handling GitHub bullshit. Um, and and it had been that way for a long time. Like I made an entire career for a while. I will wrap this up in a minute. Don't worry. But I <laughs> I spent for for a year or two of my life. I spent my my income. My entire career was. Um, random, you know, piracy MS work, random, random add-on sales, random open source projects getting me more freelance work, and all this kind of random just internet stuff. Um, and then once once I got a job, I was like, oh fuck, I have to get rid of this stuff. So I quit as many things as I could. I quit Codeigniter. I quit Fuel PHP. I made all of my for sale add-ons completely free for everyone for Expression Engine and all that stuff. And I got rid of a lot of stuff, and that was great. And my inbox cleared up, and I had a much easier life. Um, but then over the last six months, I've started uh, releasing more open source code again. So it's not just coding out of bullshit libraries, it's fractal and other league stuff. And I've realized that I've started taking on so much work that, again, I'm just, I have these demands and ex- expectations of me that I can't fill reasonably whilst trying to do freelance work. And because I'm trying to be fucking nice guy Phil Sturgeon, um, I'm doing all this freelance work. I'm doing all this open source work before the freelance work. So I'm not getting paid that often. And I'm just fucking na- like making a martyr of myself trying to fix all this stuff because other people expect it to work perfectly and want new features. It's fucking ridiculous, and I can't keep doing it. Did you just say nice guy, Phil Sturgeon? He exists. He, he exists. If you, if you look at a few of my recent replies to people, I'm being fucking nice on GitHub. I haven't got enough energy left to be negative. I can't do it. Phil, Phil, at what point did you get audited by the IRS for not claiming all that miscellaneous income? <laughs> they haven't asked yet. <laughs> they have to wait until he moves back to New York. So, I guess, serious question for Josh. Um, so I, I have no idea what Ben Edmonds does right now for a living. Josh, you said that you end up working like you don't food slim. You're, what are you? You're a smither? Stripper. Stripper. Okay. That's, that's, I'm not going to. In Vegas. You can come see me sometime. I respect warm. your decisions. <laughs> so, Josh, you said you dog food uh, slim while at work. And so, and Taylor actually talked a little bit of this at Laravel. They were talking about um, his boss at whatever company uh, sponsors him. Yeah, Ian Lansman at Userscape? Yes. Yeah. There you go. Userscape. So, Ian was giving a talk on, like, say, allocate your developers, like, one one day a month or something like that. And so Taylor obviously gets Maury because he's special. So he gets like a day a week. Um, I remember at like previous company, um, back when, uh, before Phil and I were in the same building, and you stole me lunch, by the way. 
when I was involved in Symphony, it was like trying to make excuses to work on open source stuff during work hours. And right. now I absolutely love my job because it's like everything is on GitHub, uh, and it's all very wonderful. But how do you? Uh, I would I would think it'd be very difficult to put in the same commitment to open source, knowing that it could just be like extra hobby time. For me, it, it, it kind like, of it's is. It's fine when you're young, but like you get older, and you're like, well, I, I have a life and you know, yeah. other things that I want to do. Right. No, it's it's definitely a a, a battle to find time because uh, you know you do have your nine to five day job. You know you, that pays the bills. It's got to take priority. You know, I love where I work. Uh, the work's a lot of fun, but, you know, I also love working on Slim. And, and new media campaigns where I work um, is very accommodating. Like, um, you know, if we have some downtime that we don't necessarily have some pressing client projects, yeah, I'll push forward on Slim a little bit. Um, I'll add some features that I maybe could use to benefit some of the client work that we have coming up. Um, but, yeah, it's a great place, um, and they definitely accommodate a lot of my open source work. Um, and by the way, I'd like to kind of uh, shout out to New Media Campaigns because we're actually looking for some developers at the moment. So if you want to work with me, look and apply. So, yeah. But yeah, I hope this answer your question. Smooth. Uh, yeah, pretty good. So, Ben, what about uh, – so you and Phil, how do you – how do you, uh, do you have to, like, make excuses to do open source work, or how does that work? Ben, go. I have dogs going fucking apeshit, so excuse that noise in the background. Uh, I hadn't done open source work on the clock in a couple of years, probably. Um, I worked at a company that used Ionoff, and we needed a lot of changes to it, you know, back in the coding under days. So that was probably the most of my on the clock open source work. Now, I, mean, I haven't really done shit in a couple of years that's useful to anyone. Um, I mean, I do things here and there, you know, I'll get an idea for something and I'll hack on it, but it's, it's really like in cycles. So like I'll get really almost addicted to it for a month, and then I'll I'll take six months off of not doing much but maintenance work. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's about how it goes. I still do a shit ton of maintenance work on Iron Off, surprisingly. Like, who still uses Coding Matter? But apparently, wasn't, people do. Wasn't the last time Iron Off good 2011? Last time it was good. That sounds that sounds incredibly disrespectful, Phil. <laughs> I would refer you to the Code Manifesto. No, I mean, I actually did some pretty big updates like a couple months ago. I updated the hashing algorithms and uh, some stuff like that to keep it up. Shot, shot one now? <laughs> no, it's still MD5, but it's a random salt now. Plus, plus salting is, is always helpful. Uh, no, big big user of Iron Auth. Um, unfortunately, with Pyro CMS, we were randomly... Unfortunately? Fuck you, man. If you let me finish my fucking sentence, I never interrupt you apart from most of the time. Um, uh, we were unfortunately stuck on some random like uh, random dev commit of it. Uh, so Pyro CMS is stuck on a dev commit of Iron Auth and a dev commit of Coding Native 3.0 uh, because it's never going to get released. So we have these two dev dependencies that are just kind of shitty, and we were scared to upgrade them properly. So... Yeah, we were using IronAuth for a while, and we finally ditched it for Century because it was like PHP 5.3. Woo! But um, I am surprised to... Sorry, carry on. I was going to say, speaking of dev dependencies, that's why I imagine life is like for most of the Doctrine Manga to be ODM users. <laughs> terribly sorry. You having a hard time with that recently? Is it one of those awkward phases? Five years, still haven't hit 1.0. It's oh, awkward. Yeah, it is awkward. I'm sorry. Let's change the subject, actually. That's, uh... Yeah, so on a more fun note, I am like three-fourths of the way through with a composer-based generic PHP version of Ionoff. Wow. Because every time I use Sentry, I die a little inside because their docs suck so bad. Huh. So there's that. 
But it's been at three and a half for like, you know, two years now. So. Is this going to be Ben versus Ben? Because Ben Corlett versus Ben Edmonds in a fight. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I've met, I've met both of you. I mean, I know that most people have a height advantage on you, Ben, but Ben has a height advantage on me. So I figure you're going to get... He's pretty lanky. So I ben Edmonds is taller than you. No, no, no. Ben Corlett is taller than me. Ben Edmonds okay. is not taller than anybody. No, he's not. I'm sorry, Ben. It's true. <laughs> these are just facts. Um, these are just facts. No, but uh, yeah. So it Ben sounds there. like a tall order. <laughs> Jeremy, Jeremy, you really have to stop being short with Ben. That's not fair. <laughs> had it up to here with you guys. It's time to make another drink. You guys are a bunch of hiders. Oh, there you go. Right, that's, that's a stretch. Sorry. That's fantastic. <laughs> I'm going to ring the pun bell. We are done with puns. Um, but no, Ben, like, you were talking about uh, your involvement. Like, how, how do you get paid to do open source? Like, where does the money come from? How do you find the time to do it? You... I basically just um, neglect my wife. <laughs> how does she feel about that? She likes a lot of TV shows now. She's kind of used to not seeing me. I hear Fargo's good. <laughs> I'll recommend it for the next time I need to do something. <laughs> oh, guess what? Ben Corlett just hopped up on uh, Skype. He's not watching it. He doesn't know we're talking about him. <laughs> so, so there's actually no coincidence to report. There's literally no, no coincidence. He's just started talking to me on Skype. Mostly because he's Australian, and this is roughly when he wakes up, the lazy bastard. Um... Yeah, sorry, Karen, I'm talking about Fargo. I just interrupted you. How? Um, so yeah, for listeners who don't know, I'm pretty short. So yeah, there's that. <laughs> uh, me and Matt Frost are actually probably going to like, I think we should have like a celebrity death match kind of thing one day. He's got a couple inches on me, but I can grab his beard once he grows it back out. He doesn't have it. Oh, okay. It's not going to take a month. Well, now he has you no incentive to grow it out. him without gonna, the beard. It's going to give him a disadvantage in the match. <laughs> Your your backup plan to, your backup plan to being able to grab his beard is that you have to learn how a pugil stick works, so you can you know that'd be fine. Is that an English thing? Pugil sticks like gladiators, the old the old gladiators TV show. Ah, okay. It's a lot of yeah, British terminology. They have they have the big sticks and. They <laughs> if you said big stick, I would have known what you were talking about. You need a big fight. In, oh, fuck off, Philly, man. Philly. Anyway, so, you need to come back to America immediately. You're devolving. Yeah. Um, I keep saying English things, and it's ridiculous. I, I, it's I'm really confused with my terminology and my language. The moment. <laughs> yeah, look at him. It's awful. Um, the, the trouble for me is that I'm in this really weird fucking nether region between English and American terminology. Um, and I've got to a point where um, I was out walking. Uh, when I was back in America, I was walking around with my girlfriend, and um, I kind of sometimes I translate myself. So sometimes I say the American version, sometimes I say the English version, and sometimes I get trapped in the middle where I have no idea. And uh, what I ended up doing was like, oh, watch out for the garbage van, lorry, uh, machine, uh, truck, rubbish, van, skip, <laughs> truck, lorry. <laughs> and all I, I just couldn't, I just kept trying to throw words in it. And we both just stopped and stared at each other blankly. <laughs> and then eventually I was like, garbage truck. And she was like, oh, <laughs> 
But I just start throwing a hundred words at it, trying to get any that stick. It doesn't make any fucking sense. I, I um, believe Davy Shafik has similar issues because he yeah. will just spontaneously adopt a British accent and then go back to being American again. He doesn't. He actually adopts like any accent he's around. It's pretty awesome. Hmm. Yeah, we ha- um, basically we have this ongoing joke. I think it's a joke where I think he's Irish, um, but he keeps <laughs> he keeps he keeps switching accents on me. And the more drunk we both get, the more we both randomly change our accents around. So every now and, and then, I'll enjoy Australian. <laughs> to any to any American, we're both instantly Australian. Yes, that's how that when I try and do foreign accents, I find it irrevocably comes back to some bastardized Irish <laughs> thing. Yeah. Well, that's that's fairly accurate for the for the English. We've been bastardizing the Irish for a long time. Um, I think we're we're pretty close to being done on the show notes. So I've got I've got no more notes written down. Um, so yeah. does that mean Q and A time? That does mean Q and A time, and most of the questions. Have I'm going to wear my elephant hat. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, quick question: How many of you guys are going to Laracon EU? Not me. All right. Well, you guys suck. Are you invited? Um, uh, I've invited myself. They don't know that I'm speaking, but I will be. I will be. Uh, <laughs> How does that work? Uh, I'm just going to turn up and uh, announce. Will anyone, will anyone be listening, though? That's the. Uh... Uh, I might be. I might be in a cupboard, but I've decided that I'm going. Um, funnily enough, I'm going to Cake Fest uh, the week before it, uh, which is quite around the corner. Um, so I'm just going to be at Cake Fest uh, doing my little talk about APIs that I've done seven times. You should um, totally make a uh, a Jose like mask and just wear that the entire time. <laughs> What's hilarious is the Cake Fest is the Jose show. Is it? You, yeah, is he actually popular somewhere? <laughs> he, he's pretty big. Somewhere. He's pretty big in that. Uh, so we've been having a New York PHP meetup with yeah. uh, Daniel Cousino. I, I don't know how to say his last name. Uh, with uh, and so Jose's been going there. He is big in the cake world, but he's not big in in any other world. Oh, he's no. just big he's in like a short, short man. He's a short man. He is a tiny man. He's taller than Ben, but he is uh, he's pretty short. I don't feel like that's true. I've spent a lot of we time with fight. Jose, and I feel like I they are, fight him. they're both tiny people. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, have we have we had any questions about my giant red elephant? No, I'm totally humble bragging here. Actually, won no. this as Zencon. Okay. None. None at all. That's sad. So I'm I'm going to call it time because uh, my bladder is calling it time. Um, Does that mean Q and A? Do we go to Q and A? Or is it no, officially it, time? Is there this no entire Q&A? episode has been Q and A, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> Have we taken audience questions? You yes, just want so, yeah. someone to. <laughs> you just want oh, someone to ask you about your hat. I had that, uh, I had a question for you, Jeremy. It's very important. Yes. What is up with the hat? That's this is a this is a Zend elephant. It's the big guy. Did you cut a hole in the Zend elephant's ass so that you could? No, wear I'm him? just. I could wear it as a hat. <laughs> okay. So I also have the little one, but he's much bigger. I could wear the little one as a hat. And, and then we got these guys too. So. Do they take I do, you I, I do explain, explain to my girlfriend that I'm not playing with dolls. <laughs> this is work, honey. It's work. <laughs> this is work. These are mascots. Uh, so we have a question from the audience. Uh, from, Bo, from Bo Simonson does not actually care about my elephant. 
No. Uh, K Woodfriend on ISC says, what's with the giant red elephant? I'm not sure we answered that already. Um, uh, yeah, prize at ZenCon. Uh, the MySQL guy actually pulled my business card out of a, a bucket at Davy Shafik's booth, and so I, I won this. Did he shit a little tear when he saw your Mongo shirt? Yeah, like, he's like, oh, this is a web-scale elephant. Mm. Oh, actually, the, the, one, the one last bit of uh, thing we have is... I, I would like to do one more topic if we can do five, ten minutes on it, just because we've bullshitted a lot through this episode and we might have to edit it down a little bit. Um, the one thing that was left to be discussed, and we will do five, ten minutes, and then we'll call it a day. Um, I'm going to introduce this like I haven't just spent a whole minute saying how we've wasted this episode. Um, so uh, another thing I want to talk about was um, going to conferences as non-speakers and whether you think that's worth it or not. We, we mentioned this a little bit on the, on the notes we were passing oh, around before the show. And, and a lot of the time, I, I've been to conferences as the speaker and as the attendee, and most of the time the networking is wonderful. I really enjoy going um, just because you get to meet people like Jeremy McCola who start doing ridiculous videos with, here's a random drink I just made that's fucking disgusting. But you get all these crazy experiences, meeting you know people in the community that you talk to via Twitter. Networking's great. I've had job opportunities come up. Sometimes it's also boring as fuck. Um, I've been to certain conferences where I've, I've I've spent a lot of money or my boss has spent a lot of money. I haven't really learned that much, and I've just been kind of going there for the sake of showing face. So I have like a, 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 a difference of how much I've really earned from conferences. And I just wondered what you guys thought about that. Uh, maybe, Josh, if you could go first. Sure. Well, coming from the perspective of someone who's never been to a conference, um, I would have a hard, you'd have a hard time convincing me to pay more than probably 350, 400 bucks to go to one of these things. Um, mainly because now I've been to some smaller ones that are more kind of regional, very hyper specific stuff. Um, but I think the biggest thing from conferences will be networking um, and not necessarily the talks. Um, and I don't know how much I would be out of it um, personally. Um, now, if my you know my company were willing to, to sponsor me to go, I mean, hey, that's great. Um, but short of that, you know, I, I I don't know. I mean, I'd probably lean more towards the more local, smaller ones rather than the national, larger ones. Uh, so I had just been talking to Chris Tangersley at uh, I see him at a bunch of conferences now, and he's uh, always says like, oh, he's on the hallway track, which is essentially like he's there's a couple of talks that he might go to over the course of the conference, but he's probably hanging out in the hallway, networking with people. Or having like there's like usually like uncons and that's where some of the most interesting topics are, like spur of the moment. Because um, mm-hmm. a lot of times the topics are picked so far in advance. So if there's like something that just happened in the last like two weeks, like there's a higher chance that it would it would come up then. Uh, my first conference experience was actually going with Chris Wallsmith to Ozcon in 2011, and that is like something I would never in my life even want my company to spend. It's like probably like fifteen hundred dollars a ticket to go to that. It's like a week long conference. Um, I ended up like learning, sat in at like Node.js workshops and stuff. The whole thing, it was like very educational, but the like commitment for some like there's the conferences that are definitely like the local ones, so like Midwest PHP or uh, Sunshine, which are very like reasonably priced. Then you have the more uh, maybe like ZenCon or PHP Tech, which are uh, priced in a higher range. They're also longer, many more tracks and stuff. Um, but like I've never gone as a just as a pure attendee, so it's hard to say. Like it's if I was spending my own money, it's hard to say, like, if, I don't know, are these talks, like, how many talks 
are you going to where it's content that you wouldn't find uh, on, on your own or online? Right. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of feel bad for some of my own, like, I've been, like, in the last, like, six months maybe getting more dissatisfied with the talks I've been giving, where, like, I think I should, like, take a break and come up with something a lot more interesting. Like, so, like, Igor Wheeler always comes up with, like, interesting topics and stuff like that. I feel like I'm kind of, like, writing coattails of previous content sometimes. Igor makes us all look bad, though. Yes, yes, he does. We should just... Well, he had a lot of time to read a lot of books, so... <laughs> yeah. So that um, might slow down now that he's he's working full time. I've experienced one or two conferences just as an attendee. Um, my general role now, because I'm an asshole, is that I don't go unless I'm speaking. Sure. Um, where, where did you go as an attendee? ToyoCon and I think it was in Atlanta, just some kind of local conference. No. Um, I guess it's against you know myself because I tend to speak a couple times a year. But in general, I would think it wouldn't be worth the travel cost to go to most conferences. But if it's so a local if, conference... If it's a local one that you can drive to and maybe not have to stay at the hotel, makes a lot more sense. Yeah, and maybe you need to do a hotel. But, you know, most local conferences are a couple hundred bucks. And then, you know, maybe $400 for the hotels for two or three nights. That's probably worth it. But if you're going to add, you know, like $600 in travel costs on top of that, plus you're probably going to be out of work a week by the time you do all the travel... I really don't know if it's worth it. Um, maybe those super specific or something you're trying to get into. A lot of times, though, it's, it's basic talks because you can't get so deep in a talk format unless you're doing like a workshop format. And most conferences shy away from workshop formats because who wants to sit there for four hours? Right. Or it's like a separate day. it's like a separate track that you would purchase. So yeah. Like yeah. So I, I kind of struggle with that too. I don't know. Um, networking though is totally worth the money. $500 to meet a bunch of people that are going to be, you know, kind of your colleagues and will help you throughout your career. It's totally worth it. Um, and I tend to do the hallway track most of the time. I'll, I'll usually try to attend two track, like two talks a day, um, other than ones I give, but truthfully, like I'm usually hungover until about noon. Um, <laughs> I get there, <laughs> I'll do like a talk and then I'll go chill somewhere for an hour or two, talk to people in the hallway, and then I'll do like one more talk before the end of the day. But it's it's really mostly about networking. Um, I'll try to catch like the newer talks and ones that give like new technology. I've discovered a lot of like new technology that way because there'll be something on this, you know, like say MongoDB back when that was new. You know, they'd be talk on that. And, Five years ago. Well, before we found out that it just stopped stated the dead and all occasionally. Yeah. It's fast. <laughs> but, uh, you know, stuff like that, new technologies, it's pretty cool right. for. But if I was just, like, going for general learning, I, I really don't think it'd be worth the expense. So I've, I've told a few people this in, in person, like, uh, talking at... Uh, most recently, like tech and and ski PHP and stuff. Like, if there there's one conference that whether like even if I didn't get accepted, I would pay to go to the SymphonyCon in Spain just to like see everybody, uh, just because I like that. And actually, so there was another parallel in the email I sent earlier. It was like people were asking me like, what was my impression of Lar of Laracon? Because um, I had not been to the DC one, but the New York one was like two weeks ago, and actually felt a lot like the Symphony conference like two years ago, where it was still kind of an insular community, but around that time two years ago. Um, Fabian started having less, the conference being less about just like symphony topics and more like cross pollinating. Like, so like half the talks at Laracom were not even about Laravel, which was, uh, and those were some of the talks that people really enjoyed expanding their horizons. Uh, and so I kind of like see that same pattern happening, I guess, with uh, where Laracom, where like the, 
the framework brings them into the conference and then they getting exposed to a lot more than they originally anticipated. This one was probably an advantage that a framework specific conference would have because the general PHP conferences like Midwest or even Ski, right. they kind of have to cover the basics of everything. Right. Or so like this, specific, yeah. you can kind of dive into a niche and then you can cover cooler things exactly. around that. Yeah. You know? So like they got their meaty like right down intense Laravel talks on the first day. And then they also had these like like the async react talk that I gave or uh, Igor blew everyone's mind with like Turing machines, uh, the depression talk and stuff like this that I don't think anyone actually expected to get out of that weekend. Yeah, we should do something about Igor. <laughs> Well, Chris Harches has posited that he is a uh, from the hive mind. It's just a spore that's been implanted in our society. The problem is probably just that most of us don't have like real deep CS knowledge, and so like I'm sure like the hardcore you know desktop programmers just laugh at us with us all like you know like jQuery. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, I gotta run. It's getting a little late here. Yeah, we, we will have to wrap it up now anyway. So uh, sorry for everyone that asked a question that didn't get it answered. We've run for um, you know 45 minutes longer than we should have done on the original recording. Um, so thank you, everybody that came along. Um, it's been real fun recording it with you guys. We didn't have any arguments. So that's, that's, that's a first for the conference. Remarkable. Uh, for the podcast. So thank you very much, guys. This will be up soon. Um, and uh, yeah, talk to you soon.